0: is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to two very special tailblazers. Happy birthday, Frankie, and happy birthday, Genevieve. I hope you both have wonderful, awesome birthdays. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Tales grown-ups, if you would like to hear your child's name at the top of our next tale, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This story was created in celebration of the Jewish holiday Purim. It's called Queen Esther. Enjoy! Enjoy! like to tell you about a friend of mine. Her name is Esther. Well, she's Queen Esther now, but I'd still like to tell you her story. It involves secrets, a terrible plot, a big decision, and best of all, a giant party. Let me bring things back to the beginning. Esther was a young woman who lived in a place called Shushan, under the rule of King Ahasuerus. The king was generally a kind king, but, as we will learn in this story, wasn't too great at thinking for himself, and could get easily persuaded by the opinions of other people. This story isn't really about him, though, so let's bring it back to Esther. Esther's parents had died when she was young, so she went to live in Shushan with a relative named Mordecai, who quickly became like a second father to her. They lived in a happy household full of lively debate and conversation. After all, Mordecai had taught Esther from a young age to always stand up for herself and what she believes in. Oh, and one really important detail, Esther and Mordecai were Jewish. They weren't the only Jewish people in Shushan. In fact, there was a vibrant Jewish community there. Just in case you aren't familiar with Judaism, let me say that there is no one way to be Jewish. Judaism can look and feel like a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For Esther and Mordecai, being Jewish was a pretty big part of their lives. They liked following Jewish traditions, eating Jewish food, singing Jewish music, and believing in one God. Like the other Jews of Shushan, They were proud of their heritage. One day, word came around Shushan that King Ahasuerus was looking for a person to become his queen, and Esther was summoned to the palace to meet with King Ahasuerus. It was a great honor, but frankly, Esther wasn't sure she wanted to be queen. It would mean leaving her home and her friends, which meant she wouldn't get to see Mordecai as often as she was used to. She would miss having lively debates at home, as she imagined that debating with a king and standing up to him might not be the best idea. Yet, she decided to give it a try. It was a great opportunity, after all. And in those days, defying a king's order wasn't really possible. As Esther was finishing packing her bags for the palace, Mordecai motioned to her to come close. He said in a near whisper, "'Esther!' "'Be sure not to tell the king that you are Jewish.' "'But I am Jewish. "'I love that part of myself. "'Why keep that a secret?' asked Esther. Mordecai explained that although many people lived in harmony with the Jewish people, there were some who made incorrect assumptions that Jews were different, bad even, and should be treated with less respect than everyone else. Esther was confused." How could someone think that a person deserved less respect just because of who that person is? It was a scary thought to Esther, and although she wasn't comfortable with keeping a part of herself a secret, she decided to trust Mordecai's advice and not tell anyone that she was Jewish. And so Esther met with King Ahasuerus, and it wasn't long before the king decided to make Esther his queen. Esther was honored, but felt uncomfortable marrying the king, knowing that she was keeping such a large secret from him. Yet she heard Mordecai's words in the back of her mind, and decided to remain silent. Esther's life changed pretty rapidly once she became queen. She went from living in a small house with Mordecai to living in a massive palace with maids to fulfill her every wish. She attended parties wearing gowns made from the finest materials in all of Shushan and met visitors and royals from all over the world. Although her life was glamorous, she couldn't shake the feeling in the pit of her stomach that by holding the fact that she was Jewish a secret, she wasn't being fully herself. She often would confide this feeling to Mordecai, who the king was fond of and would often invite over for a lavish dinner at the palace. If the king stepped away from the dinner table, Esther would debate with Mordecai, insisting that she must tell him. But Mordecai would encourage Esther to keep her secret safe. You are queen, Mordecai would say. You have everything you could possibly want. Not everything, Esther would reply. I want to be myself. And back and forth they would debate until the king returned to the dinner table where they would fall silent and pretend like everything was normal. And it went on like this for months. One night, Mordecai was on his way home from dinner with Esther and the king when he heard two voices talking in hushed, urgent tones. He ducked behind some bushes and listened in on the conversation. So we'll kidnap him tonight, said one voice. Yes, said the other. I know never liked that king much anyway. Mordecai stifled a gasp. He peeked above the bushes and recognized those two voices as palace guards, and they were planning to kidnap the king? Mordecai had to do something. He sprinted back to the palace as quickly as he could to find Esther. Esther, alarmed by the news, ran to tell the king. And quickly, the evil plan was stopped in its tracks and the two culprits were sent away to the palace dungeon. The king was extremely grateful to Esther and Mordecai for saving his life. Esther wondered if she could reveal her truth to the king now, but after spending such a long time in secret, she decided that perhaps it wasn't the right time. Maybe tomorrow, she thought to herself, once things have calmed down, I will finally tell the king that I am Jewish and proud of it. But tomorrow's opportunity didn't come. For the next day, the king had hired someone new to work in his guard and to be his trusted adviser. This someone new was a man named Haman. From the first moment Esther met Haman, she knew she did not like him. Haman stalked through the halls of this palace wearing his signature three-pointed hat, scowling at the palace staff if they didn't bow to him quickly enough. It had been less than a day, and the power of working for the king had already gone to his head. That night, Mordecai returned to the palace for his usual dinner with Esther and King Ahasuerus. But as he entered the palace gates, Haman quickly stepped in front of him. Mordecai looked at him with kindness, but was met with an impatient scowl. Why are you not bowing to me? Haman asked. Well, I am Jewish, sir. I do not bow to other people. It's against what I believe, Mordecai replied. Haman fumed. He thought that everyone needed to bow to him, now that he was the king's trusted advisor. He felt angry that Mordecai defied him, and began to feel angry not just at Mordecai, but at all of the Jews of Shushan. You see... Haman was one of those people Mordecai had warned Esther about. Someone who thinks that someone who is different than them, or who believes in different things, should be treated with less respect. And now that Haman was in a position of power, he knew that he could do something about it. Haman stalked through the palace, looking for the king. When he found him, he tried to convince the king that the Jewish people of Shushan were terrible people that they were different and bad and did not deserve to stay in Shushan. The king felt uneasy, but as I mentioned earlier, he could be easily swayed. In that moment, he trusted that Haman knew best, so he signed into motion an act that would exile the Jewish people of Shushan on the 13th day of the month called Adar. Everyone in Shushan was devastated to hear the news but perhaps no one more so than Esther herself. After all, she was Jewish, and this law would affect her people in horrible, terrible ways. Sure, she might be safe, since the king didn't know that she was Jewish, but she knew she had to do something. She rushed to find the king, to beg him to change his mind. But when she found him, Haman was right there, blocking her and keeping the king away. She tried over and over again, but Haman always found a way to intervene and keep his plot in motion. And thus, every day, the Thirteenth of Adar grew closer. Esther knew she was running out of time to act and save her people. She felt powerless against this decree, and she was still holding on to her secret. Wait, my secret, Esther thought to herself. Suddenly, she knew what she had to do. Esther invited Haman and the king to a royal banquet, knowing how much they both loved lavish parties. The talk turned to Haman's upcoming plan, but Esther could barely hear the conversation over the sound of her heart pounding. Her secret burned within her like a fire growing ever hotter. She knew it was time to reveal her truth. Stop! She cried. If you're going to exile all of the Jewish people, you're going to have to exile me too. What is the meaning of all of this? asked King Ahasuerus. Esther steadied her breath and repeated herself slowly. If you're going to exile all of the Jewish people, you're going to have to exile me too. The king still looked confused. Esther summoned all of her bravery and looked the king in his eyes. You see, I am Jewish, she said. She gestured toward Haman. I didn't want to tell you before because there are some people who think that we don't deserve to be treated with the same respect as everyone else. But, my king, for as long as you have known me, you have believed that I deserve to be treated like royalty. This is true for me, for my people, and for all who reside in Shushan. Haman and the king sat, too stunned to say anything, but they didn't have to. Esther stood tall, finally owning her truth. I am proud to be who I am. I am proud to be Jewish. I know you love me and want me to stay. I know you will help me save my people. The king stood up and walked towards Esther, wrapping her in a big embrace. The king felt ashamed not only that he had made his palace an unsafe place for Esther to live her truth, but that he had been convinced by Haman to almost put into action this horrible plan. He vowed to make a change. Esther had done it. Almost all at once, Haman was thrown into the dungeon. Mordecai, who the king had never quite gotten around to thanking for saving his life, was given a house within the palace walls and enough gold and silver to last him, and his kids, and their kids, a lifetime. The plan to exile the Jews was quickly reversed, and news spread throughout the land that the Jews were safe thanks to Esther. King Ahasuerus invited all of the Jewish people of Shushan to the palace to apologize for his actions. And Queen Esther threw everyone in Shushan a giant party In fact, it's a party that we still have to this day, on the 14th of Adar, a day we call Purim. On this day, we eat delicious, three-pointed hamantaschen cookies, send Mishloach Minot gift baskets of yummy food to others, dress in costume, put on performances, and celebrate Queen Esther's bravery to live her truth. We'd love to celebrate Purim here in Freshwater, When Esther comes to visit around this time of year, she loves to see the young kids of Freshwater dress up just like her. If anyone in town asks her for advice, as I so often have, she will always tell me to be true to myself and be proud of who I am. Oh, and Esther wanted me to wish you a Chag Purim Sameach. Happy Purim. That was Queen Esther. Written by Megan Bagala, produced by Tessa Flannery, performed and executive produced by me, Rebecca Cunningham. Girl Tales is a Cordelia Studios production. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And grown-ups, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening and remember, I believe in you. Yeah.